good timing i got tandy and nick from triangle fire all joining me all the way from athens georgia um in a awesome room i don't know what's going on in there but it looks super cool <laughs> <laughs> it's our wonderland yes <laughs> <laughs> nice this is this is a mad tea party you never know where we're gonna pop up at um, exactly <laughs> well thank you both so much for joining me um i i'm really been looking forward to this so yes um, so i caught y'all set at muddy roots and um i was like man they would be a great guest for this and then you agreed to it and i was just over the over the moon yay we were We've been excited like, <laughs> yeah for sure awesome uh well you guys are in the studio recording some stuff you're still <laughs> doing vocals on nine songs um but uh in 2024 we'll see some of that uh oh, yeah. i'm gonna put oh, a yeah. link down below for what you guys already have out now um and okay. then you're playing 40 fest in january uh, in atlanta yes we are so um definitely if you're if you're not in atlanta definitely check them out if you're not still still drive to atlanta to 40 oh, yeah. fest, oh, see I, I think it's gonna be a four-day punk fest this year and yeah the guy who puts it together bill with 40 ounce booking <laughs> amazing amazing thing I've, I've known him most of my life so it's kind of it's really cool that we're on it yeah and the lineup is insane already who all has been announced and it just keeps coming so yeah yeah right on uh well i'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do is there a name for um like uh for the ep or uh, albums coming out no it? not yet not yet <laughs> none of that's been discussed right now it's undisclosed classified information we okay have. top secret got it that's not told us what we're allowed to do yet Don't gotcha gotcha well um matt mad frankenstein's in in the lab making um wonderful disaster monsters uh okay. <laughs> you oh, guys yeah. are very high energy you put on a great show you know how to move a crowd um <laughs> Thank you. you can you can definitely tell like when artists are enjoying what they do versus when they're not um not all artists are aware of that but like an audience definitely knows you know oh yeah, yeah for sure yeah and it really helps when the audience is responding as well because that is insanely nerve-wracking when you're putting all your energy and they're just standing there looking at you you're, and then you know it's just yeah <laughs> Well, a lot of it, like I, I tell people this a lot of times, it's pretty cool because like since COVID, people don't take that for granted anymore. Like they they had a small portion of their life taken away when you are a musician and or a concert goer. It's important that it that that movement of music matters. And when that's mm -hmm. taken away from you, like you 
you get kind of moody whenever you get it back because you don't want to lose it again. So you're giving it your all. And it's really nice to see the world like kind of coming back to that. Like, I think everybody got like caught up in a repetition of things. And then like COVID happened and we kind of saw a clip losing. And it was like, no, 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 no. And everybody has just like, dude, they're embracing everything about it now. It's super awesome. Yeah. I know we are. It, Sorry, no. what are you saying? Oh, I just said I know we are. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, live music is like, it's so important. Like what you guys do saves lives. Like I, I can say that like personally, like without live music, I wouldn't be here. Um, It's it's my church and then something <laughs> like... um. Something like Muddy Roots is like mega church. That's Joel Olstein. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. way cooler. Yeah. yeah. That's like going to your heaven. I mean, truthfully, yeah. and you're seeing bands that you never thought you'd see. You got surprise bands. Like, I can't even count how many bands I didn't know who they were until Muddy Roots. They were amazing. Like, yeah. Soviet Dusk. What, what was the last? Soviet Shiksa, dude. They're, um, Holy they're... crap. They're based here yeah. too. Um, they're they? here in Nashville. Yeah, I oh, love wow. them. I've had they them on were, the show before too. They're they, great dudes. Yeah, oh, I was like, that's awesome. See, and that's what I love too is whenever like you come across like an artist that's phenomenal, and then you get to know them on a personal level, and then they're awesome as people. You know, so I don't know. It just sucks really bad whenever yeah. you love an artist, and then you meet them, and they're an asshole, and you're just like, man. Like why? Why? <laughs> yeah. It's the beginning it's all- horrible feuds and bands. Like <laughs> like you think that ministry like Metallica thing was like, oh man, that dude's an asshole. You don't know what they did to him. Yeah, he might have stuck his wiener in their cocktail and done some really awful stuff. Whatever that dude did, but like, he did some mean crap to Metallica, but still, <laughs> you don't know you don't know what Metallica did to him. Oh, yeah, I do. They stole his beer. They kept drinking his beer, and he only liked one kind of beer. So he was like, I'll show these assholes. So he went in early and drank all their all of his beer <laughs> and then pissed in all of it and put the tops back. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that's what, that's what it was. Hey, yeah. fair, is, fair is fair. I agree. Hey, you know what's funny, too, is like um, we don't really have this uh, that issue as much like in the punk scene. Because, like, you know, your, mu- your music is... Um, it's very like at like I don't want to say aggro. It's not like aggressive, but it's um it's in your face and yeah. like um I mean I hope you don't take offense at this, but you guys like you have like kind of like a like you have a very punk image. You're very uh I don't not <laughs> not unapproachable, but you get what I'm saying. But then yeah. like I start talking to you guys and I'm like these are the nicest people, oh. and that's that's like a. <laughs> That's like a pretty average thing in the punk scene. Is like it is. There's a lot of great humans yeah. that like yeah. you're gonna get mainly like good people and like decent people where you can have single serving conversations at least till you get to know them. But when they're bad, like you pretty much know they're assholes and you don't want to be near them. <laughs> you're like, no, I don't want to be near that guy. Not yeah, that guy. I don't know how it is there, but like it's a very like small town here. Like, um, and so like, if he got to be nice, like, cause like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's yeah. weird. It, our punk scene rotates so quickly. I mean, we have a core group of about 
maximum 40 people of active like show going people here in town talking about athens or atlanta athens okay and um but like our thing is is like we have a rotation with with the college like it's one of the oldest colleges in the country so like a hundred thousand plus kids come in and out of here every six months so like them come in and they love punk some of them come in and they're metalheads. Some of them come in and it's rave music, whatever. You, know, you don't, I don't know. But like, it all is like luck of the draw sometimes with getting a lot of people out. But like, the DIY, like it's a really small, tight-knit group here. You know what I mean? Some people stay, some people go. We're right near uh, train tracks. So we get a lot of hop- train hopping kids coming from Asheville and all those places. So like, about every five or six years, Athens will have like a 200 or 300 person scene of just awesomeness. Yeah. And then, then about a year out. away, it'll, a year later, it'll kind of fade away. We're, we're due for a pretty badass one. But like, <laughs> there's a lot of great people here in town, but it's not like we're all avid music enthusiasts not really like a punk scene yeah yeah a lot of people they'll um ask us about playing here and we're kind of like you know you you have (laughs) to wait and wait for the wave or it's truly not worth your time to stop here Mm. you know like i'd rather direct them towards you know somewhere that's within a couple hours from here to where it's not that big of a move for them but it'd be way more worth their time yeah and then it's like and then a lot of times they get like we're like no 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 no. it's not that we're saying don't play here there's a football game going on that day and everybody's like what i'm like no dude college football in athens is atrocious you like we don't set shows up downtown when there's game day yeah like we literally have to watch the schedule to know like if we can go to the grocery store and like oh wow yeah, like gauge when, like the time frame that we go somewhere. It's like, oh shit, nope, the game's about to start. There's no, we're not fucking leaving. Kind of deals. We held on going, like leaving out to go to Murfreesboro before because it's like, oh, it's a noon game. We're going to wait a couple minutes. We'll leave out in a minute. And it's like, <laughs> dude, within an hour, it's a ghost town. It's hysterical. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, think- you wouldn't think that. Um, just really quick on that, um, yeah. we host this punk festival here that it we called it Up Your Athens. Uh, it was like a ska and punk fest. And the first year that we hosted it, it was on a fucking game day. And I did not even think about it because we were kind of still like new to the area. And we learned very, very quickly that but, that was yeah. a no-go yeah <laughs> it was still a great turnout. yeah oh, it, it was, was all like turnout, but... yeah but it was it very much not what we were aiming to accomplish no. for that show <laughs> gotcha so very very hit or miss you gotta you gotta time it accordingly that's um yeah. i mean you got a guarantee of about 30 to about 30 to 35 people that will more than likely be out and that's what consists of our like awesome crowd of people here gotcha. and it, it's our scene but it's like we're all a little older <laughs> and do our thing i know there's um 
Yeah, that's not that's not the worst thing ever. Like, um, I know there's probably some bands here listening to this that are like, oh man, I wish I could get 40 people to come out. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. it's it's like um it's not, I don't want to say it's competitive because it's not, but like there's you know so many things going on any given night that there's oh, like yeah. like there like I'll I have a calendar. You guys have seen my calendar. Yeah, like I have, yeah. there's multiple shows any night and I have to kind of think about where I'm gonna go. Um because there's you know multiple shows um when we lived in atlanta it was oh my god it was well with the athens thing we kind of like it used that used to be an issue with us as well and everybody used to get really pissy because they're like you know where's the unity and so we kind of like seeked calendars and try not to conflict mm. uh those it, at least like genre wise yeah so that's a good thing that we do here. Yeah, everybody really. I mean, that's our. That's a good thing about having a small scene in that aspect and like a very mature scene. Is we all like it. Like we don't play very much here, but when we do, we try to hit everybody up and be like, "Yo, is anybody planning anything on this day? We yeah. don't want to plan something if somebody else has a show going on." That's very polite. Well, yeah, yeah. and or every, we just combine shows. Yeah. That's oh, how. true. Yeah. 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 Which there's a pretty good DIY spot out here called uh, Redline. And we actually, the whole idea and premises of it came up. Like me and the guitar player singer met at a Triangle Fire show. <laughs> and um, we started talking and we really hit it off. And then... Of the band beat up. Yeah. And he was like, I want to open a venue. I want to do this. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's let's do it, man. And then COVID hit. <laughs> Well, while COVID was going on, he was actually building stuff for this venue, like with his free time. And he was a, what did they call those people that, like what I did? Um, it, like uh, like a necessity work. worker or yeah, something whatever. Like, that. like you could still work. They the essential worker. Es yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. 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 Cause like, whatever. But, um, he was doing all that and we ended up playing their very first show there and they st they're still going strong booking shows. I mean, like it it's been cool because we've got to slowly watch the evolution of the place because, you know, they've like now built a stage. They have lighting, yeah, they have like, an overhang, you know, just small steps. But it, it, it's it's a work in progress, but it's pretty badass. So and it's outside. So and you can camp there if you need to. I mean, it's like it's a cool little thing. It's like a very, 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 very small scale uh, muddy roots in a sense because you can camp there because it's like the size of a backyard. But yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, if anyone's looking for a spot that's awesome to play here in Athens, hit up the Red Line. Yeah. Uh, you can do that through, I think they have a page, or hit up uh, the band Beat Up. They're yeah. the members of that run the venue. So. Yeah. So if anybody wants to come through Athens. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So <clears throat> earlier you said you guys have been performing for uh, like 13 years, I think you said. Yeah, going on. Uh, yeah, we've been Triangle Fire for about that long before Nick okay. and I. We've been in bands together for going on twenty years. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, that we, explains why you mesh so well and put on like such a synergized performance. <laughs> years, yeah. years in the making. Yeah, my friend. It's, Your vocals, 
complement each other very well. I love that you both do vocals and like the way you do it is so cool. Thank you. Thank you. Like that's, um, that was an ongoing thing. Like people, honestly, it's kind of funny because they think that we're screaming at each other sometimes. Cause like when we were like, learn <laughs> long time ago, how to really get our screams down the way we wanted them. <laughs> We'd walk through the house and our kids just, did their thing and they're, they're like whatever but their friends the first time they heard it they're like god your parents are gonna kill each other they're like no it's not what they're doing and then they like yeah that our kids friends are like extra family members so like they ended up living here for most of their like time like yeah yeah summer times we have probably like 20 kids living here yeah yeah oh that's so cool that's yeah that's very yeah, it's it's very uh, like a grassroots kind of family kind of scene there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, we would always just tell everybody, look, don't lie, be like, don't steal, and yeah. respect don't do yourself it. and respect everyone else, and we're pretty much good. Yeah, and don't do anything that you know you're not supposed to do on the property. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I oh, um, no. sorry. Go ahead. I was like, I don't know how to say that nicely, but there you go. Yeah. Like, well, you know, um, I'm not like a, like a, like a dare kid or anything, but I distinctly remember, and I really appreciate it. Uh, Tandy, when you were doing your y'all set, you said, um, you know, no one do any drugs. And if you're going to do it, be safe. And yeah, I yeah. really, I really appreciate that. I appreciate that you did that. Um, well, you. That really stuck with me. I'm like, oh, these are... <laughs> These are good people. And like I said, I'm not like, you know, like dare anything, yeah. but like, but like it is, uh, you know, be responsible. Yeah. Um, well, Mike and I are both um, recovering addicts. And so like he smokes weed and, but that's, that's not a it. drug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm in a pain clinic, but that's, I take, you know, my medication as prescribed. But outside of that, I mean, we're, we just kind of do our thing. We're not by any means straight edge. We've just kind of are sober living at this, at this time. Um, but, you know, we still advocate for like um, oh. harm reduction, Yeah. Um, you know, just all of that, just, you know, being safe, being clean, you know, being responsible, um, yeah. yeah, just yeah, just don't do anything that's gonna like fuck up your life. Yeah, yeah, and I feel you. But if you are going to, because I mean, like one thing that was always kind of like my thing growing up, and I I made a lot of friends uncomfortable, and I lost a lot of friends. But like, come to find out, I was kind of always doing the right thing. Is like when I was using anything, I would let them know. Yeah, and yeah. Be like, I'm on this. And they would yeah. be like, dude, like, like, hey man, I'm just letting you know in case yeah. like you never I know fall what's out. Happen. And like, and they would be like, Well, I guess that makes sense. It's like, you don't want me to ride with you, I get it. Or if you don't want me, like, I understand. Yeah. I, I figure I was always respectful. Like I was the weirdest drug addict known to man. I was always like, like I didn't steal like my my uh excessiveness of stealing was walking through murder kroger and grabbing grapes or apples <laughs> eating you them. guys have a murder kroger too yeah oh, no. <laughs> the 
name. Oh yeah, I watched a couple of people get gunned down out in that oh. thing. Like, yeah, it was bad. Like Murder Kroger was nuts. Yeah. Lots of people came up missing in that bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's a t-shirt made for the Atlanta one that says I survived Murder Kroger or something. <laughs> Like, yeah. Like <laughs> used to be like we have a venue called uh the Masquerade. And oh yeah. The old masquerade was an old like cotton, cotton gym yeah, cotton, or something yeah. like that. But it was like this awesome old building, but dude, it should have been condemned like <laughs> years it, ago. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker, dude. Like I I remember I think it was like Oh God, I can't even remember who it was, but it was some, it was some like crazy ska band in the heaven of that place. And everybody was jumping so much. Like you feel the floor and you like, I mean, it wasn't a little bit, I'm talking, you're feeling like inches yeah. of movement. It's like, things going to, the stairs fell one New Year's Eve. And oh, shit. But anyway, it was like right around the corner. <laughs> 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 wow fuck it <laughs> so are are y'all from athens mm -hmm. i'm technically from like in between athens and atlanta like this is okay. a small suburb town but like i tech i grew up in atlanta like okay. i yeah and i was born in alabama like this tiny country like country town um, that's still, when you go there, it's, they're still like stuck back in the forties. Um, they're just now like upgrading their Walmarts there. Kind Which of town? Valley. Valley. I don't know Valley. I grew up, um, in Fayetteville, Tennessee, which is right above Huntsville. Um, okay. right where that is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, I, Southern Alabama, like super. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, um. Closer to Florida. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But right over the Georgia line. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But gotcha. we moved around so much. I can't really say I'm from anywhere. Um, because I never like stayed anywhere longer than a couple of years. But I've been in and out of Athens for probably about twenty six years. Okay. Yeah. So I guess technically at this point I'm an Athenian. No, you're <laughs> Yeah. That's like um anyone here, like that's within like a 30 to 50 mile radius of Nashville. When they're talking to someone out of state, they're just like, I'm from Nashville. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's the thing with like Atlanta. Like anything around Atlanta, people are like, oh, you're from Atlanta. Yeah. And it's people from here are like, no. There is a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, like they like uh what is it? Uh the I I ITC uh, OTP and ITP. Yeah, OTP and ITP. Like they they're like anal like retention. Inner perimeter, outer perimeter. Yeah, in the perimeter. <laughs> yeah. It is like literally we have a freeway called 285. It's called the perimeter. And like, if you're in it, you're from Atlanta. And the kids and the punks in Atlanta, if you say you're from Atlanta and you're not, like, oh, they get pissy. <laughs> they, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> whatever. 
<laughs> it's like yes dear <laughs> it's like calm down like, i think we can find something else to fight about but, i think but still, um it may not be the the old one you're talking about but i, I think masquerade is where i saw sarah and the safe word a few years ago okay um, i think I that's where i went wait is there I, one called I, the tabernacle is it the one uh by underground i don't know uh georgia very well to be honest okay. this oh actually this was in atlanta though so yeah i think it is the new one that you're talking about okay, okay. so was it one giant building or was it like you go kind of underground and there's like separate buildings for like heaven hell i think that's right it's it's been okay. years years ago that okay. sounds right though yeah um uh what was i gonna say oh yeah i've seen a couple like bigger shows in atlanta too i haven't spent a lot of time there but like i've been to like coca-cola roxy and some of the bigger places um but yeah well, uh, I, was, I love it but yeah <laughs> atlanta <laughs> is atlanta <laughs> there's good there's bad it's just like nashville there's good there's bad yeah oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Traffic's pretty fucking horrible here, though. Like, I mean, yeah, you'll, yeah. See, you'll see motherfuckers just shoot another motherfucker just for no reason. <laughs> oh, oh. You're like, what? And they're just like, I. And they get in the car and leave. Yeah. And you're just like, be like, you cut me off. Will you flick me off? Yeah. Well, sh-. I mean, uh, done. Yeah. yeah. And that's Wednesday. Yeah. Somebody posted <laughs> a the other day that said like if you if they look on your resume and say that you're from atlanta you should immediately like be considered for any job that has patience that is easily to defuse a knife fight it's like i mean it, the list was hysterical and it was just some like little old lady walking down the road in atlanta and i was like dude that's hysterical because it's so true <laughs> right on um hard segue switching gears here um do we have any ghost stories at the table tonight um and when i say that um what i really mean because putting ghost on it is kind of like a statement about it right uh what i really am trying to get to is do you have any like uh like mystical experiences that you can't explain oh yeah um so Tandy and I and our kids and Tandy's father at the time were living in a house in this really small country town, like right outside of Athens called Winder, Georgia. We rented this house and it was uh It's an old plantation house. Yeah. The like, guy told us it was like at the time it was like a hundred and twenty-five years old, something like that. Yeah. And, like, but the slave quarters in this house were attached to it. So it was really weird because he kept calling it that when we were just seeing a big house. Like, mm-hmm. we're just, oh, this is plenty of room. And, like, we can all, like, sprawl out and whatnot. And um, he kept calling it that. And I was like, I thought that was a little weird. but Yeah, you know, we were whatever. like, dude, what's wrong with this fucking guy? Like, why does he keep calling it? Like, that's fucked up, you know? We but, were like, yeah. okay. But then, like, I mean, when we moved in, I mean, it is an old house. I'd see, like, dude, you'd hear doors slamming all the time, all the time. And then, like, just 
crazy weird like windy kind of stuff like that but then like things started getting really weird whenever like my son was in this back room and we both go into his closet to get like a jacket and some of his shoes because we were leaving and then i mean we both opened the door and i remember looking up because his shoes were up on the top shelf grab him we put it on I walk out the room to go check on my daughter and my son has this blood curdling scream and I go running back in there and there's like three or four wasps and I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, where are those coming from? They're and he, yellow jackets. Yeah, yellow jackets and he's allergic to them. So he's freaking mm -hmm. out and I'm like, where did they come from? And he pointed towards the closet and I go, what? And I open it up and about that time, there's like a yellow jacket nest like falling right there and bust and i like grab him and we run out and i close the door and there's thousands of these things oh my god that's kind of where things started going weird yeah that's that was the beginning <laughs> so i'm very like empathic and okay. yeah so um i pick up on energies and stuff like that anyway i'm very very sensitive and my daughter ha is the same way and but at this you know the, the time that we lived there she was still a toddler um so yeah so this is where it all like starts getting real crazy so like yeah so all of that's going on and like we run out of the house and everything and it's all like blah, oh my god i mean and these are vaulted like 15 or 12 or 15 foot ceilings are huge in this old house. And like those yellow jackets could have lived for a long time. We came back, like we didn't put anything out. We didn't do anything. We came back and every single one of them are dead oh, laying on just Yeah. And I mean, they're probably dead. Like not like there was probably like, I mean, there was it, the whole floor was black. Yeah. It was like, over a thousand of them in that room so yeah this is back when i drank a lot so like i would me and tandy would like and tandy owned a bar we worked at it and it was literally like less than a mile away so we would walk to work and then after work we would have a couple of drinks and walk home and they knows i mean why get a dui anywho so I, we started coming home like super late at night and the TVs would kind of flicker and we were kind of like, that's kind of weird. But then well, hold on real quick to go back to why Nick was mentioning the slave quarter piece was technically the way that the house was laid out. Our son's room was the first room of the slave quarter. And okay. so that's to tie that piece in. So, yeah. And like our dog where her dad lived was like the slave like mass quarter yeah and like our dog would come into that and like just stare at the corner and bark it was really odd but like things started getting weird because like i would go to sleep i'm and like i would legitimately start feeling hands around my neck and like i would wake up and start choking and I'd be like, what the fuck? I would think it was her choking me. Then we started finding out that, like, whatever it was, 
really liked her and did not like me. Because I, anytime I started walking like towards our room, the door would slam in my face. Whoa. Yeah. Like out of nowhere. And I'm like, yeah. And like during the daytime, it, they had gotten so hyper, like active or whatnot, that they would literally turn on like the stereo and start playing like weird, creepy ass music off of our playlist. Cause we had like, I had my laptop attached to our stereo and our external hard drive attached to the laptop and our external hard drive has everything under the fucking sun on it and they would like pick out some old music and like it would start playing it got so bad that like I couldn't even breathe in the house and I would have to leave and sit outside in the yard while no one was there during the day because I couldn't even go in there by myself because I just couldn't fucking breathe yeah and we we um we started packing up because it, the we had extended our lease one time so we had lived there almost two years and um our realtor we were telling her about it and she's a medium and so she was yeah, like how do we find all these fuck people yeah so she like, was just kind of like oh well this, she's like i would love to come and like check things out so i was like please do you know, she was going to come and like cleanse the area and all that stuff. Well, she pulls up onto the property and she barely pulls up to like the parking area and she gets out and she stands there and she's like, I love you guys, but I'm not going in that fucking house. And she was like, I'll give you some sage, blah, 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 blah. And then she got back in and she hit me up and she was like, look, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I, what I automatically picked up on. She's like, that place is loaded with spirits. And she was like, and they love you, but they are pissed at Nick because they feel that you're, th that he's taking you away from them. Mm. But we were starting to disturb the things by packing up to move and everything. So like they were literally strangling him in his fucking sleep. Like we used to think that like, cause I was a drinker. So we were thinking I was having like acid reflux while I was drinking and yeah. they're going, Oh, you don't understand. It feels like somebody's choking me. But like, I would convince myself, no, it's not like, it, no, it can't be that. Till one morning, I literally had like bruises, like one on one side and four on the other. Like somebody was legitimately choking. And I told her, I was like, I'm not coming back in this room. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And like, we either need to find a house and get the fuck out of here. Or like, you need to stay here. I didn't come back. Like, we had a house. We were already like moving. But Tandy was there for the next couple of days. And they were like trying to entrap her. They would close doors strategically, like trying to make it a maze. They were, it, they were yeah. like really possessive. Yeah. Yeah, that's what tends to happen is they isolate one person and try and cut them off. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So turns out like, um, our, our, uh, drummer right now, Joseph lives like, Oh, he, is that the one that is he the dude that was at my roots? Yes, yes. Yeah. He lives Total like badass. <laughs> He's complete badass. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, especially yeah. to be visually impaired too. Oh yeah, no, Joseph is quite 
quite amazing. Yeah, he, he was in the pits too, man. Like, yeah. Oh, he kicks ass. He's. he's, a, he's I talked to him briefly. Super nice dude. Yeah, 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 we love him to pieces. But um, so he lives like maybe a half a mile from that house, and okay. the way we come from our house to his house, we have to pass the old plantation house every time. And um, dude, I still get shivers. Yeah, I look. I'm getting shivers just hearing about this. Like yeah, that's crazy. Like my teeth are chattering. But um, I look over at the fucking property every time, and it stayed vacant for like probably five years. Yeah, I bet it did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they bought the place because they've been there for a minute, and I guess they're dormant or whatever, or they don't pick up on them or whatever, because no one would stay there that long. If yeah, yeah we I mean, asked my no buddy, like we asked a friend of ours, like, and he is. We since have found out that he is like very empathic and things like that. We didn't really think he would pick up on it because he was a heavy drinker as well. And we asked him if he would, if he wanted to make some money and paint the house for us. And he, yeah, because we were trying to get our deposit back, but we were trying to not be there as much as possible. And we were like, like make so and so and go paint the house. He's like, fuck yeah, I'll go do it. Dude, he was there one day, painted everything, and we pull up, and he's sitting outside in the front yard. Like because he doesn't yard. drive, so we just left him there. We, like, dropped him off with, you know, everything, and left him and said, we'll come back tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, and he was like, okay, cool. He's like, I got, you know, we left. I mean, the power was on. Everything was fine. We came back, and he's sitting in the front yard. He's like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with this house, but fuck this he's like if it needs touch up paint piss on that shit and he yeah. got the car and he goes we are out and i was like really so, you felt it too? he's like no fuck that place he's like your shit is painted though dog give me my money <laughs> I was like, All right. he goes why didn't you tell me i was like well i mean how do you bring that kind of shit up to your buddy you know what i mean he's like well i guess you're right i was like i mean what if you wouldn't have picked up on anything then i would be sitting here going Maybe I'm, I'm going fucking crazy. Maybe I'm <laughs> And he's like, yeah. oh, like, that place is crazy. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. It's not Damn. just me. That's yeah. wild. I, I've, I've done like 150 of these interviews, uh, a little over. And that's one of the craziest stories. I, I've, I ask everybody that. That's one of the okay. craziest stories I've heard. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, wild. That, that was our biggest thing i mean but like i said you know i'm very like empathic and and sensitive and so like things like to follow me con you're like you know so everywhere i live energies um and weird shit happens we're just used to it but i have to constantly cleanse the house and everything like constantly or it'll get overwhelming anywhere we live at Yes, and since our daughter is really empathic too, and our what would Lexi be our niece? Yeah, our niece was like we didn't know if she was messing with a Ouija board, and we didn't know she was messing with one. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I I didn't think anything about it. I'm like, you know, if you don't understand something, don't use it. That's all I told. <laughs> and she, yeah. He's just like, dude, I'm gonna do what I want. I'm like, okay, do what you want. And I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to stop you. And it's, 
it freaked i think she freaked herself out but it also freaked our daughter out and like <laughs> she was out like trying to bury it under the front in the front yard i'm like you're like carrying a perfectly good board game i'm like <laughs> like she's this like, thing's evil i'm like <laughs> she's like you don't understand blah, blah, blah. And we're just like whatever and i was like <laughs> i was like i do understand what you mean though and she was like no you i was like I get it. I was like, I I haven't felt anything or seen anything, so I cannot vouch for it. I was like, I would talk to your mother. I was like, but no, like, I get it. Like, nobody's going to think that I, I believe you. How about that? I was like, I just knowing that somebody, like, believes in what you're believing, I yeah. got you. And she was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> All right. I was like, take a deep breath. Now, dig up the Ouija board. Let's go play that's good parenting, because you're like, if you if you're like, no, don't ever touch that, then they're just gonna go do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I know our niece, like, I mean, she scared herself half to death. Like, she called her parents. They came and got. I was like, they're like, why would you let her play with that? I'm like, why would you not? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I was uh, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, and I was also homeschooled. Uh, so. Oh. At, until the point that I turned 18 and moved moved away um oh, holy. I I had no peers or friends outside of my church like Gosh. yeah I, I literally like I moved out when I was 18 and I knew nobody like I knew wow. nobody and like that's I, I I really mean it when I say like live what you do is very important uh live music saves lives like without the music scene um like I started going to live shows and that became very in a very real way like my spirit that my uh my community like my spiritual place you know um yeah it was your and, church lacking i'm sorry it was the church that you were lacking yeah yeah, yeah. and um yeah uh like so like growing let's just call it what it is like growing up in a cult um like i i i had <laughs> i like when I turned 18, I was very much like, like uh, annoyingly an atheist, like, like obnoxiously so. And um, like, I was always interested in the occult, but in a very like superficial, like hot topic, Tim Burton kind of way. Like, I didn't I believe, I didn't believe in it. And like me and my partner at the time, uh, we kind of had a phase of like, well, let's fuck around and find out. Uh and um i had never experienced anything strange as a kid um but like when i i went looking for it it found me like uh if you if you look hard enough you'll find what oh, you're yeah. looking for yes yes but you gotta be prepared for what you find yeah tandy did you ever have anything weird happen when you were a kid uh yeah yeah um i mean just I mean, honestly, I know that, like, this is kind of, like, whatever, but, you know, basic, if you will, but just constant, like, cupboard board, uh, the doors opening and shutting, um, you know, you just see things, you know, I can, I can feel energies, I can smell them, mm. um, you know, just stuff like that. You still I got you. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it's still 
very much relevant as an adult, but like just as a child too. But, um, you know, trying to say that, you know, as a child, be like, oh, I heard this or that, you know, nobody believes you or, you know, or I saw some shit, you know, they're like, oh, it's okay. You know, the boogeyman's not real or, you know, whatever, but Mm -hmm. um, my heritage is very dark and secret, but come to find out, like, I have a very strong witch, um, like, background heritage type mm-hmm. situation um so like that is very yeah. much present with me like my genetic makeup or whatever however you would say it um or like spiritual makeup sure um, that sounds good yeah yeah i don't know how to say i've it, heard it yeah. called witch's blood like i think yeah. i had it right the first time yeah yeah so yeah, I very much have that. And so it kind of skipped a couple generations, but um, yeah, my mom was really cool about things. Once she started opening her mind up, she was very much like, oh yeah, you mm-hmm. know, so. Yeah, my mom's a very open witch. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. very, like I was raised very much in like she was never like my mom was really cool because she was like she would she was that parent that answered everything with a question it's like (laughs) well is there a god i don't know is there it's like (laughs) i'm asking you like like, like, what the hell that's hilarious but like i remember like like specifically like all the time looking over at the tabloids and like I would get my questions from that because there was always outlandish shit on it that I never really understood and I'd look over I'd be like can a man really have a baby? I was about to say or bat boy. Yeah and like my mom would be like it depends what you said but like things got real serious once it's funny because like so the Notre Dame like the world is ending thing I finally saw one of those Oh man, that fucked me up. Wait, so, so what? Like on the tabloids, it was like the Notre Dame, the world is ending in five Oh, days. like 2012. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the, oh, it's happening now. And yeah. they got scientific proof. My adolescent mind, like adolescent, my ass, I'm like three or four years old and I'm going, what? <laughs> I look at my mom and she goes, what? Like, I mean, all color goes out and she'll tell you this story. She's told it dandy a couple times like all color goes out she goes nick was no longer a child anymore he was a man and he was like, a lot of things i still need to do you gotta go <laughs> she's like, oh. and he's like and i'm like pointing at the tabloid as like the world is ending we gotta go <laughs> <laughs> let's get on it let's go yeah. that's hilarious <laughs> was insane <laughs> like <laughs> But yeah, like, <laughs> my mom was very fun to grow up with. She's a very interesting lady. Like, She really is. To look at her, you would never think it, but she, she's pretty demented. Yeah, and like, my <laughs> than me, so like, I'm 42, so she's 54, so like, 
she's growing up in a teenager right when hair metal and punk and grindcore and all of that shit is coming out so it's like like my one of my tapes that i got when i was a kid was napalm death like my sister bought it and was like this is garbage here and threw it at me and i'm like <laughs> it ain't me this Fuck is a man yeah. So yeah. like, Nick like, is like, this is gold. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> this, this is amazing. But like, but my mom was always like, she's a horror movie junkie. So like, <laughs> like I was going and seeing like Nightmare on, Nightmare on M Street and Friday the 13th in the theater when my mom was like dragging me along, like nobody looked at her. We're going to the movie. <laughs> it's so different, but yeah. That's very different from how I grew up. Like I was very sheltered. My parents yeah. never, uh, they're like, they're my parents also, I'm, I'm third generation Jehovah's witness. So like my parents grew up very sheltered too. Um, so like I've had like, like I'm 27 now and I've had like so many more like experiences than either of my parents like have ever had, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, exactly. And like, uh, we, we were very, me and my sister were very sheltered growing up. And um, like, I think that created this appeal for the darkness. Like, uh, yeah. like um, we, we always like, whatever you're not allowed to have as a kid, it's like, that's, that's what you want. Well, that's taboo at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Did like, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. Our kids were always really funny because we were like, they would ask us they would just be like well what do we do i'm like what do you want to do yeah like there was nothing that they that was off the table with them you know everything was open as long as it didn't hurt them or someone else we were like we'll cool. we'll see yeah but like let's we'll, we'll do a trial run <laughs> see how it goes yeah i think so. in theory that's what in theory that's what makes america so awesome is like the idea of america right like it doesn't always pan out that way but like um the, like you as long as you're not hurting anyone like do what the fuck you want exactly yeah. Um, yeah it sounds like you guys are doing it right i bet you you're cool parents uh we, <laughs> yeah we, we try. well our kids are now adults we're actually grandparents we have three grandchildren no way that's awesome <laughs> Yeah, so our daughter is 19 and our son is 24. Yeah. No, yeah, 24. 24. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, so. <laughs> Those are grandparents. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. rock this hard? The yep. coolest fucking rocking grandma, grandpa ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. We actually yeah. just got to take our middle grandson on Sunday to a thing that Athens done, does. Uh, this is the fifth year they've done it. It's called Porch Fest. It's where like 200 artists get to play between the hours of one and seven. And so you just kind of like all over downtown Athens is pretty much blocked off. And you just go from one porch to another or like people's front yards and stuff and people are just playing there's music everywhere so like That's we got awesome. at, yeah he um he got to see a like um irish ska band 
Mm. Um, he got to see what would you call beast mode? Just fucking metal, man. Metal, yeah. Which that one he liked the best, honestly. <laughs> it was. And then we took him to see, um, like they're kind of like a poppier punk type. It's our, it's our garage punk band, man. It's yeah. He, he, he. Yeah. been around just as long as us. Yeah, and then an actual, a band that, that covers pop punk songs. Um, yeah, and so that was all kind of cool. How old are but your grandkids? They are uh, three, five, and seven. Yes. Wow. That's, cr- yep. that's awesome. <laughs> did, did you grow up with religion, Tandy? Were your parents religious? Very much so um southern baptist okay my dad was partially like irish catholic so yeah it was it was a very big of things and yeah so i i grew up in the church um i am fascinated by religion Mm. but i'm not religious um Yeah. yeah i'm very spiritual but I love learning about all different religions and I kind of take a little bit of here and there and everything of like kind of what resonates with me, you know, like, okay, I can get down with that and I'll kind of adopt it into like my, my world yeah. or what. It took me a while to get here, but I have a very healthy respect for like the Torah and the Quran. And, um, you know, it was because of my upbringing. Like I, I was, I very much like pushed that away, but like, at this point, it took me a while to get there, but like I have a friend, um, shout out to Danny Burgess, uh, the, um, I can't remember the name of his channel right now. I'll, I'll uh, put it in the description or something, but he, um, he actually can read Hebrew and he's very, very much so like a theologian, very serious. Um, and he's been on this show several times and um, like, I, uh, like the Old Testament, like the Torah is the most profound, amazing document like ever created in my opinion, it, to the point where I'm like, I don't even know if people made that. Like <laughs> it gets, it gets really crazy. Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. I, we, we could talk about that for hours, but yeah. uh, I, 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 there are so, way to get an English translation. I'm, I'm sorry. Could you, could there you are way to English translation so you can like read it and get close to the, the translation or does it have to be uh translated in hebrew um there so there are like um more accurate translations like um like the king james is like pretty much like the farthest thing from it there's a lot oh, of redacted taken out um then there there's like very like literal translations that are like when you translate it into english it's like hard to understand because some things don't translate like whenever people are translating scripture, um, they take a lot of liberty because uh, it's like, well, this isn't going to sound right if we just say it exactly the way it is. So yeah. there are like very literal translations of scripture. Um, but what's interesting about the Hebrew language itself, um, like ancient Israelites, first of all, understood these things as metaphor. They understood these things as parable. Um, they knew that it wasn't literal. That's a yeah, very yeah. recent concept. Um, but not only that, the Hebrew language uh, 
their numbers are the same as their letters. So if you're an ancient Israelite and you're reading these scrolls, you're seeing numbers at the same time that you're seeing letters. So yes, you could do this with English. This is called gematria. Um, but you, you could do that with English, but you'd have to sit there and say, okay, A is one, B is two, C is three. But if you're an Israelite and you can read Hebrew, you're just seeing these things at the same time. Like you're just processing multiple things at the same time. And the thing is, there's a lot of number codes embedded in it, like sacred yeah. geometry, like, uh, like crazy stuff. And, um, so like, it's like, what is this story talking about? This is weird. The Bible starts getting like, what are, what are they talking about here? It's because it's a number pattern. It's, it's a story, but that's not really what it's trying to tell you. It's co it's actually, it's coded information. Um, there's this thing called, uh, Kabbalah is kind of like Hebrew, uh, esoterica, like, um, yeah. and like, if, um, like I've talked to a lot of like Christians and one thing I will say, you know, my, uh, my upbringing wasn't all bad. I should say, like, I have really great parents. Um, and, um, one thing I really do appreciate is unlike some sects of Christianity, like we actually grew up reading the scriptures and, um, that's something I'm finding out, like talking to other people is like, I don't even call myself a Christian, but like, I know more about this than Christians do on average. Yeah. Not all of them, obviously, but I'm finding the same thing with like, I know like, um, like practicing Jews as well. And it's like the Kabbalah, uh, like the Hebrew mysticism, you actually have to be initiated into and you can't do that uh, unless you're a man and also over 40. So a lot of practicing Jews don't even understand the concepts we're talking about right now because it's actually kept from them. Now with the internet, all of this is accessible. It's why all these cults are diminishing, right? Like Scientology's down to like 30,000 members where they, they still claim they have millions, but it's like all of these things are shrinking. Freemasons, Jehovah's Witnesses, it's all going away. Um, cause we have the power of everything's accessible to you, which is a beautiful yeah. thing. Um, and a dangerous thing at the same time. Sure. Yeah. The age of information ends up being like an age of misinformation. Cause you don't know what to believe. It gets really yeah. weird. It's a weird time. I do not envy like, like it was a weird time for my generation. I really don't envy the kids coming up now because oh that's. They're going to be like, they're going to be so jaded by birth. I mean, they're going to come out going, you ain't my mom. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, I think, um, I hope not. Right. But I think we're headed into some very dark times. Um, like recent events make me feel that way, but just, you know, like since like nine 11 or even, even going further back, but like we're, we're headed into some dark times, I think. Um, and I just, I feel bad for the people that were robbed at a chance of ever having a normal life. Like, for example, I'll probably never own property. Like, maybe I will, right? Maybe I'll save up a bunch of money, uh, make some, make a, a sum of money and buy a house, right? But like most people my age will never have that unless something changes. Um, like these kids coming up now have been robbed of a childhood um, in a lot of cases. And it's, it's really depressing. Um, it is, uh, <laughs> I grew up with like end times in my head, right? Kind of like yeah. your, your Nostradamus story. 
<laughs> yeah. but like but like you know and you know i was kind of like yeah whatever but now i'm kind of like uh maybe mom was onto something because shit shit looks like revelations it's weird yeah you know, I mean, you can't discredit anything because that's the whole point is it's a belief. And that's what I like. I mean, I I like Tandy. I mean, I very much try to understand and like study religion. I will not say I'm a religious person by any means, but I, I do think that like. I I try to be a good person in general, I try not to like. If I do anything to hurt anyone, I only want to hurt myself because at the end of the day, I can control that and I'm not hurting anyone else. Like, I would prefer to hurt me than anyone else. But, like, a lot of the, like, in the Bible and stuff like that, I mean, all of the the things that they're trying, to, the main points that they're trying to get across are just be a good person. And I I can get with the positive pieces of a lot of this. Because all organized religion, I mean, they, they, they like respect yourself in a lot of a lot of aspects. But then, like, you have some that are still very much sexist, and it's like it's yeah, all yeah. about and and then it's like, well, I can't get with that. I'm sorry, I'm just not all about that. We I totally agree with you. Yeah, like we literally got up, and the last time I was in a Baptist church, because I would actually like take the kids every now and again like we would go as a family even you know whatever just trying to give them the option to like explore religion and see like what they believe let them you know make their own belief foundation because yeah, like our our son was very much into going to church wanting to explore that avenue and we were like okay he's like y'all are okay with that we're like of yeah. course we are we're like we want you to be able to ex express yourself any way you want yeah so. we want you to have the knowledge to make your choice um on things and but the last time that i was in a baptist church we got up and walked out because the preacher was talking about you know just bashing gays and this and that and how it was just evil and this I mean, he was just going like nasty with it. And, and we literally were... got up and walked out. And mm -hmm. I've never been back into a Baptist church since. Yeah, and... like they were passing around a like a hand thing, the ballot or whatever it is, to help with the protest march against gay rights. And I was like, uh-uh. Yeah. I was like, I got up. I was like, no. And even my son like looked at me, he's like, can we go? And I was like, we were going with, it, with or without your consent. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> you're going to make things a lot easier right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can believe whatever you want as long as it's not like infringing on other people's autonomy. Like, yeah. It's there. It's totally there. Like, that doesn't affect anyone. Here's the thing, right? Is like, um, you can have like secular progressive versions of any of these faiths, but you have to let go of certain things. And that's kind of what we're seeing, um, you know, in other areas of the world right now where it's like, um, where the bad, I like, I don't know. It feels like a lot of people, you know, still have religious values, but we've come into a new era of like, we don't need these parts. And like there are in every religion, uh, people 
in the fringe groups hanging on to these archaic uh, systems. And um, like a lot of the time it's like um, um, a very good friend of mine, her family's from Iran. And um, she was explaining to me that uh, a lot of people there, obviously not all of them, but a lot of people there are taught to believe that women are not people, um, that they're actually animals. So it's okay to treat them like animals. Like that's literally, and here's the thing, right? Like I understand cult mentality. Like if that's all you ever know, like not only is that all you've ever been taught, but you are going to be punished or exiled for not upholding these values. What do you do? Like that's such a hopeless situation to be in. Like you don't know, you literally don't know any better if everyone around you and your entire, that entire like culture is that then like there's, you, I, I, um, I have problems with like, um, just as an example and not, not exclusively to this, but like, like radical Islam, not the people doing it. Right. It's like not the people practicing it so much. Cause I'm like, they literally don't understand. They think they're doing something good. They literally don't understand. But yeah. you, you can still be mad at the system. You can still be upset with, yeah, yeah. With, with shitty ideas. And that's something else I'm noticing too. Like, everything is a cult, dude. Like, politics is a cult. Like, it's it gets outside of religion. Like, it's like, I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. Like, really, dude? Because I'm a human being. Like, I just think for myself. <laughs> like, you do you, though. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah yeah i mean you're you're saying the very much a lot of the same ways i feel like the pharmaceutical company is a fucking cult because they can everything like without the drugs the doctors can't push it they can't make their money oh yeah yeah it's it's all a big like oh I mean, they're literally like, yeah, they're literally drug dealers where it's like, oh, they're yeah, go- they're government drug dealers. They get paid money for pushing these drugs on people, even when they don't need them. They still get a paycheck for that. Like, that's yeah, it's so fucked up, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I've had a couple of weird little like incidences with like random thought processes and meeting very odd people through my time i'm a mechanic uh so like just the people i meet through my through time are just random but um i remember meeting a uh, old dea agent a long time ago oh, he wow. drove some like weird european car or something and like my dad's shop was the only place I'd like to get the stuff done well he was telling me and this is probably like 89 or 90. And he was telling me, um, yeah, the DEA, I mean, we just go around and we like arrest a bunch of people like that have a bunch of money that look like drug dealers. We liquidate their estates, hopefully find the drugs. And then we use that as a station point to build an operation and find the actual drug dealers. Then 
they don't even put anything in an evidence. They literally turn it around, give it to other drug dealers or to moles to start the whole process over again. I'm like, so there's no like trail of any of these drugs. He's like, no, he's telling me dude. like at any given time, he was like hauling kilos in the back of his car with a get out of jail free card in his wallet. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> None of this makes sense. Wow. That's wild, dude. That's what a, <laughs> what a fucked up system. It's, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, that, you, you know, like, I think people are just really tribal by nature. Like, um, and, you know, that's fine when we're talking about, it's like, I stick by my, my team, my football team, regardless, yeah. win or lose, but brother, I'm, I'm with my team. And it's like, yeah, that's fine when we're talking about a game. It's not fine when we're talking about how to run a country or the nature of the universe as a whole. <laughs> like, that's not so much a good idea anymore. You kind of have to, I have a saying um, that I, I've said a bunch on here, like, I'm dogmatic about anti-dogmatism like open-mindedness as a rule like it should be yeah you should be made to think outside the box yeah yes yeah you should be challenged and honestly like if you have firm beliefs you that's when you the most should challenge them like stack yeah. them up against opposing ideas yeah that's something i think is also like um like my generation and the one coming up now is like really lacking in that area where it's like um i think this way and anything else is wrong and i'm sure there's you know other generations have this problem too but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think every generation poses its its personal like it's it's demeaning traits because i mean our generation so like stubborn and like Gung ho to get, get everything done for the most part, mm. and then I don't know y'all's generation. Your generation's a little different than mine. I don't know. I think everything has its pros and cons. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not special. It's always been like this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, given everything we've talked about so far, um. So I want to preface this by saying like, no one knows, no one on the planet actually knows the answer to this question, but there's a lot of different ideas about it. Um, and it's something I think about like very often, like intrusively. So like, I don't even want to think about it that often, but um, what do you think happens after we die? And again, no one knows, but does anything make more sense to you than anything else? Um, you know, I kind of like, I sway with this one. And I think I, I'm on the same boat that you are as far as like, I think about it way too much. Like to the point where I get very anxious. I can't sleep at night, you know, like, yeah. Um, I have my, my things that I want to believe. I have my things that sound more logical but then i have things that like you know i like i've said before you know i've 
feel energies. Mm. So like I have, I guess my version proof. Intuition. I think intuition is a good, that we shouldn't count that out. Like, so like, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like how, so, so what do you feel about it? What do you mean? Oh, like, what do you, what do you feel happens after like, like if you had to trust your gut on it? Damn. Um, (laughs) It's a hard question. I'm sorry to, I know that's very difficult. I think that it kind of boils down to your spirit, your soul, like, like how you are is like what happens next. You know, it's not one answer. It's several answers. Yeah. Like what is, you know, each individual person, like what is their next realm, I guess. Mm like like what happened you know destination yeah Yeah. their destination if you will like are they done or do Mm -hmm. they have like more lives more places that they need to to do to evolve you know do they just i don't know what do you think It's, it's everything and anything in between i like that yeah 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 and i know that's such a vague answer but it so fucking complex too yeah (laughs) i don't know it makes sense in my mind because you know like i said i think about it an awful lot that makes total sense to me too yeah yeah i think it's it's probably something like that it's dependent on your energy maybe maybe your decisions too and like um it could be nothing and maybe the people that feel like the answer is nothing maybe that's what it is and yeah if you feel like it's something, maybe it's something. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope it's like, my fear was it's always going to be like, I, mean, I don't know, you might remember this, but old TVs, the big TVs, when you'd turn them off, they would go boom. And you could watch <laughs> yeah. it like, go down and out. I hope, I hope it's not like that. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, boom. Yeah. But, I really think it's like a displacement of energy. Mm. Like it, it's not. It can't be answered and it can't be described because it's too much happening. Okay. Like, I, I mean, I just think I, I don't know if there's anything. I don't. I'm not saying anything like that, but I mean, I do know that there's. I feel things like when I've held animals and like been next to my father when he passed away and like like her father passed away on our front porch and like i mean it's like you can feel a displacement of energy you can feel a change Mm -hmm. in the the world like there's things that are different and like that that shouldn't be unnoticed but i don't think that we're capable of even processing energies and stuff like that because our body just we're like our mind can't do that we're not capable of it yeah i was waiting for nick to finish but i also think that it it has something to do kind of like what you said about you know what your beliefs are also how big your your energy is 
you know, or how, how big or small it is, because I have actually, um, like when people pass away that, you know, like Nick just said, we're in the room with, or when it happens or whatever, or like, we're super close to this person, you know, sometimes, you know, you can still feel them around. Sometimes they're just gone. Wow. You know, people that you would think that I would think I would still feel are just gone. Like I don't feel anything from them anymore, but then there's other people or other people's energies that I still feel come, come around kind of deal. Um, well, oh, there was actually, well, which one? Um, our granddaughter was playing with a cell phone in our kitchen and she took a, a picture of Nick. She calls him Grumpy. She took a picture of Grumpy. <laughs> and, um, and whatever. And then, yeah, yeah, life goes on. So I get her phone and I'm going through old pictures because I was kind of like trying to find some old ones to send to their new phone um, because they were my sons in the army and they were stationed out in El Paso. So we got them new cell phones so we could FaceTime them. And I was get you know, sending pic old pictures there so they could have pictures of us that they could remember because they're still remember us in our times together because they're still really little and I didn't want them to forget. Um, and I came across this picture that she took of Grumpy and I was staring at it and I was like, oh my God. I mean, I just like, I couldn't fucking breathe anymore. My dad was right next to Nick. You can see his face. It's like a big smoke type thing. It looks like a like a glare, like if you point take a picture like towards a light and the light glare. Whoa. But it was his yeah, it's his him. Face. And like Nick said, he passed away on our front porch. And I even showed the picture to my sister. I was like the next time she was over, I was like, I gotta show you something. And I showed it to her. I didn't tell her anything about why I was showing it to her. I was just like, look at this picture. And she looked at it and she started crying. And she was like, like almost hyperventilating. She's like, what the fuck? And I was like, well, what? She's like, dude, she's like, uh-uh, that's not cool, Tandy. And I was like, no, what? You know, playing dumb. I wanted her to tell me. And she was like, dude, that's fucking dad right there. And I was like, okay, thank you. You know, so wow. like, it's stuff like that that makes me, you know, really, that kind of explains the vagueness of my answer of like, it really just it depends, I think. Well, like, or like this, like, so my dad, uh, like, I mean, he fought cancer. I, I think he ended up beating it eight times and finally lost it on the ninth. But um, so like, we had this really horrible meeting, like the, the whole family comes up. And as you can see, I'm the black sheep of the family. So like my dad. Is Relatable. Always, yeah, my dad's always the... Uh, he was always the voice of reason with everybody. Like you leave him alone. He's doing whatever the hell he wants to do. Like y'all should just leave him alone and whatever. But like, we're all sitting there and like the doctor comes in and just kind of tells everybody, yo, you know, he's dying. 
like it's moved to his spine and to his brain, blah, 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 blah. My dad looks at me like everybody else is freaking out and crying. And I'm like, he looks at me and he goes, why aren't you crying? I was like, well, I mean, you've been going through this for a minute, dad. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I, I, I kind of said my goodbyes a long time ago and I've just been very thankful for every other day that I've had with him. And he was like, what are they trying to tell me? And I told him like in his way of what was going on. And he told me, he goes, because my dad was an ex-drug addict too. And he goes, so I don't need to worry about getting strung out anymore. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, because like rational, you know, rationing with his pain meds because like, he didn't want to get addicted again. Yeah. But he needed his pain meds because of everything he was going through. So he's like, worry about getting strung out, right? And I was like, no, dad. But like, he was pretty much, like he was already half in a coma anyway due to like just all the infection and whatnot well he like you know he finally got some sleep that night well Candy and i are driving home at like four in the morning so i could go to work because i drove out to atlanta every day and it's like an hour it's an hour solid ride with no traffic but we're almost home. We're about 15 miles from home and me and Tandy are driving and there's this shooting star. And, that's, and that was the day that like... The night he passed away. Like No, no, no. no the night that we told him about this and he finally got sleep, we're on the way home so I can go to work and there's a shooting star. And I was like, did you see that? And she goes, yeah. So couple of weeks go by i think it's three weeks and they move them to a facility a little closer and my dad passes away like about three or four weeks later in that exact same spot the night he passed away there was another shooting star that was twice as long and twice as bright whoa and it was clear as like the day was long like i mean it was so bright and it had like this weird staggering edge. And then like right after that, like one of my dad's favorite songs came on the radio. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it was because Nick and I, like we both saw them both at the same time. And we both like felt the same thing at the same time. And we told his dad about the shooting star because we were like, dude, you know, we were just, you know, trying to think of positive things to talk to him about and stuff like that. So we told him about it. And then, so it was just really weird because we were in the room when he passed away and uh, we were both actually had just gone to sleep and I felt him pass away. Like I shot straight up out of the fucking seat and I was just, I just like yelled for Nick. I was like, Nick. And yeah. But, That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's things like that that make me know the most punk rock answer I want to have. There's nothing, man. Fuck you. <laughs> In too much to say nothing. Oh, for sure. I, um, I'm, I'm listening to you guys. My laptop's about to die, so I'm just plugging it in real quick. I know you're good. I guess this outlet doesn't work. I'm going to try a different one.
Okay, there we go. Don't die on us, Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> See, like laptops, what happens? They just die. Yeah. <laughs> They're just oh, sure. Um, I hope this works. Positive thinking. Positive thinking. For some reason, this charger is not working. Um, give me one second, guys. Shit. I will. It's working for a second. I think there's a short in it. Oh, that sucks. Hold on. Um. Okay, um, I don't think it's working. So we'll, we're just gonna ride it out as long as we can. <laughs> I will say when I reach for my charger, it's so weird. We were just talking about how weird the universe is sometimes. I was reaching for my charger and pulled this out of oh. my backpack. <laughs> Random. I, 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 um, I put it in there and I haven't, it's been in there the whole time. And when I pulled my charger out, this just came with it. Oh, it's so crazy. See, the world's trying to make sure that, like, I, I'm a firm believer that I think the universe is trying to get keep the right together. Yeah, I think man. we're capable of building a utopia, but they're giving us the, the tools to make it better. Ooh, it's but we, we just got to be able to pay attention. <laughs> Tandy, I don't know if you missed that or not. I reached for my charger earlier, pulled it out of my backpack, and when I did, this came with it. Like, this uh came out. That's what I said. I was that's like, awesome. Like that's been in my backpack the whole time. I probably like just forgot about it, left it in there. But when I pulled my charger out, that that came out. <laughs> that's ironic. And it's really funny because what we were talking about, right? Just like the universe is paying attention. The universe is listening to us. Um, uh, I truly believe in that. Yeah, <laughs> I um I didn't get my charger working, but we're just gonna ride this out um until it it dies, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. The universe is crazy. Um, I don't think anyone really understands what's going on. There's a Hunter S. Thompson quote I really like. He says, um, I learned a long time ago that reality is far stranger than anyone's imagination. And I just yeah. I think that's so true. Yeah, it really is. And that's that's crazy that you bring that up. Nick's not here. He'd be shitting himself. But uh, Hunter S. Thompson, Nick, I mean, it's one of Nick's favorite authors. Really? Oh, yeah. me too. Yeah. We actually we do a book club for this show too. Uh, we read a different book every month, and then we do a live stream. I just get a bunch of random people together. Oh, that's I'm cool. Sure. I'll, I'm sure we'll eventually do some Hunter S. Thompson. So I'll hit you guys up when we do. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Um. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I think I uh, I did a podcast last night 
and I put a bunch of beer cans in here with my laptop, and I think that was a mistake. I think I shorted out. Oh. Either, I hope it's the charger and not my actual laptop. Yeah. It says I've still got 20%, so we got a little while. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Life life is crazy. Um, we, we, You know, I've met so many cool people like you guys just talking like this. This is actually a good way to meet people because we're having, like, some serious conversation. Yeah. <laughs> And bringing up topics that, like, you know, people don't typically like to talk about. But I think that there are certain topics that I think should be necessary or, you know, needs to be talked about. Um, yeah. A lot of this is uncomfortable for people. Yeah. Like, you he was saying that, um, well, he quoted Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, and I was like, that's ironic as well on top of the patch thing and then he was saying that like uh, they do a book club for here and yeah. every month they read a, a new book and come live with a group of people and talk about it oh that's and, cool and so whenever they do uh hit us up. oh that's awesome yeah yeah well, i'd love to have you guys on for that um oh. where this month we're reading the vor which is a like a fantasy novel it's pretty crazy um, next month we're reading the second Wizard of Oz book, uh, the the uh, the marvelous Land of Oz. So looking forward to that. that um, but does... we... I'm sorry. I said that sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, I'd love to have you guys back, even not for the Hunter S. Thompson one. Anytime you you're interested, I'll I'll just keep you updated with what we're reading. Um, the the marvelous land of oh i'm also super open to recommendations if you have any book recommendations send them my way i'm always looking for new stuff to read so oh we'll totally do that i really yeah yeah what <laughs> what style uh like what kind of topics do you like or are you just open for anything my um uh, like i live in the uh, epic fantasy like uh tolkien um game of thrones um that's that's my shit um okay. but we do everything for the book club we've done nonfiction. we've read the prince by machiavelli we did art of war uh we actually last month we did the life-changing magic of tidying up by maria kondo which was this is just about cleaning your room and like feng shui but it was super cool so we will do anything um yeah I, I specifically like because I, I read fantasy novels this time. I, I write uh, fantasy novels and poetry as well. Um, so like that's that's my realm. But like uh, I actually go out of my I, I do other things on the book club because I normally wouldn't read that kind of stuff. So, yeah. 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 That makes sense. I mean, if you're all like if you're going to do something to explore other things, don't like always try to go outside your comfort zone. Cause if you don't, you're never really expanding at all. Oh, for sure. And I'm so glad I, I have, Oh, it is charging. Oh, thank God. I was just reading. I'm an idiot. I'm a, I'm so stupid. I was reading it wrong. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we're good. That's good news. Yeah. Our day. <laughs> I so I, I turned when I saw it started to die I turned the brightness down um and then when I plugged it in the brightness didn't come back on and I'm like oh man it's not working uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so we're good um but yeah no it's like you said you got to challenge yourself um go outside your comfort zone um art, like I'm just a fan of the arts man like I, I love um like romance thrillers 
uh, different genres of music. Like my playlists are crazy. I'm sure you guys have a very diverse. Oh, actually, yeah. that's my next question. What kind of music did you grow up listening to? Like what was in the house when you were a kid? <laughs> okay, so for me, um, it was oldies and doo-wop and Motown stuff like that and then um and then when I got a little bit older when I say a little bit older I mean like elementary school type you know the latter part of elementary school started getting into like more punk uh MTV was very relevant back then but awesome um 80s music and then like hair metal I got to watch the like beginning of metal and punk well not the beginning of punk but punk in the mainstream i guess um and the beginning of rap and hip-hop and all of that so because i was born in 78 okay um, so i got to see all of that and like nick and i kind of giggle all the time because i think we're the last generation that lived before the internet and technology we got to see the beginning of it and then now we are it we have enough life you know we're still young enough and everything that technology and the internet and everything is still is very much prominent in our lives now you know so that's why like when i messaged you earlier and i was like i'm so old school that i have to like double ask because i'm kind of in that limbo you know, like it can be either way with me. <laughs> so See, you used to pay for the internet by the minute. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, so I remember like, if you forgot to log out, mm -hmm. your parents would get a bill for like nine hundred dollars. Yeah, I oh, did that. It's called dial up. It was not internet. It was called dial up. Uh, right. I um. It, I I remember dial up when I was a very wee lot. Very, yeah. Very wee lot. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So that's what all I grew up listening to. And I still listen to all of that. And then some, I mean, I literally, I will listen to anything. I like almost anything except for, I can't really get down with like um, techno stuff that has the same beat just over and over forever for like 20 minute songs kind of deal. I'm not really crazy about that. But other than that, I, I like, I just like art, you know, like I can hear music in almost anything too. So very cool. I don't yeah, you had a lot of diverse stuff in the house as in your in your upbringing. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hip hop's really big for me. I listened to a lot of hip hop. Um and that's it really did like it got started in the Bronx. Like that's where it all starts. But then you got nowadays you've got like not even just nowadays, like in the nineties too. Like you got you got East Side rap, you got West Side rap, and then like there's the Dirty South, like Three Six Mafia. Um oh, yeah. my favorite rapper right now, he's called I Don't Know Jeffrey. He's from Memphis. And that shit is so good. Like like Memphis rap is on fire. I've so heard cool. that, but I haven't heard I haven't heard anything by them. Yeah, I'll have to send you something. Yeah, Jeffrey is awesome. Um, it's it's actually um, all he ever raps about is pimping, and it's very uh, 
<laughs> not good things to, to do. But the music <laughs> is so good, though. It's like, <laughs> it's like so, I mean, you know, uh, bad behavior is uh, it's kind of part of, of rap culture. But like, yeah, for yeah. sure. That's amazing. See, I think that all that shit, it, it's not offensive to me. I don't get offended very easily. I don't get embarrassed very easily either. Um, like, I'll get nervous and blush and stuff like that, but, like, I don't get embarrassed. Uh, you yeah. know, like, how your parents would be like, you embarrassed me or whatever. Like, that's just not. But um, <laughs> but I don't get offended the same way. Um. But I like, so I, what am I trying to say? I like that style music too. I see the, um, what am I trying to say? Nick? There's an art in it. Like, yeah. yeah, thank you. I see the art in it. Thank you so much. Um, but my preference is like the more like poetic. Mm. Like Nas? Huh? You like, you like Nas? Yeah, I like Nas and like um I love Tupac and I think yeah. fucking fucking just a genius, like a a lyrical genius. Immortal um, technique. Yeah, immortal technique. Um uh, who was it that Sage Francis that played at um fucking Muddy? Oh I, I missed was, that. Oh my oh, god. Awesome. Yeah, he played wood stage okay he is so fucking smooth and just so like profound yeah he's a different day prophet man yeah um i don't know nice. <laughs> yeah what about you nick what'd you grow up hearing in the house oh jesus um the oldies doo-wop Stuff like that was a for sure because my dad owned a car shop. So, like, I mean, was nothing to listen to the Beatles and then the Temptations and stuff through the car shop. Um, my mom was a little bit more of an old hippie slash Southern rebel kind of like person. So, she likes Credence, Clearwater Revival, and Peace. that's my shit. Yeah. So, like, I was always listening to shit like that with my mom. And she loves, like, the police. Stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, my sister was a teenager during hair metal. And when, like, metal was getting, like, really heavy. So, like, I my first show was White Zombie. And, uh, okay. and then uh, she was in, a, like I said, like, I mean... She was into a lot of hair metal and like Megadeth and stuff like that and thrash. So like any tape she didn't like, I got. So like yeah. she, this is crap. Like the Napalm Death like show, so or the Napalm Death uh, tape, and I'm like, what the, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, dude, I have so many random things that like most people are like. There's no way. And my mom and my sister all straight up. So, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, like, they used to take me to go see, like, I saw Guar. They dropped me off to go see Guar. Same with Tandy. Yeah. Like, it's like 94. <laughs> they at the masquerade, and I come back, like, covered in blood. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What happened? They thought I got jumped. 
<laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. This whole thing. This whole that thing. would have actually been easier to explain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would it was really hard to explain. No, they squirt blood and shit <laughs> like my are a lot cool about it. So like I could only imagine like any other parent in the world. Like my mom looked at me when I told her about this. She goes, I want to go next time. I know that <laughs> sounds completely crazy. She's never seen Guar, but she loves Guar. She absolutely yeah. loves Guar. So that was like, my first time at Muddy Roots. Oh, really? really? Yeah. I have I'll... to say that we've seen Guar probably, oh God, I don't even know, countless times. Um, that was a unique show for them because it was outside and all of that stuff. So it was kind of restricted for them. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was kind of cool for us because we've seen them so much and we got to see the behind the stage situation on that particular show. So that was like really cool for us on that one. Um, but yeah, Guar's awesome. We've uh like I've taken my sister to see Guar. We've taken <laughs> both of our Guar. Um yeah. One of our old bass players. No, he did that to Richie Ramon. I thought he proposed, but no, he proposed yeah. to Richie Ramon. Yeah. Um, Speaking of proposals, one of my, I think, probably maybe my favorite thing at Muddy Roots was uh, Bridge City Centers. Like that, oh. I, I, I had no idea about Bridge City Centers till that set. And I'm like, holy oh. shit. Oh, they're amazing. Okay. Some dark, like you talking about like in, in being an empath and like picking up on shit. I'm like, oh, y'all are real. <laughs> y'all are real yeah. about it. Like this is real shit. Yeah. I love Bridge City so fucking much. The first time I got to see them live was, um, Okay, so I stumbled across this band, and it's, you know, like we were just talking, we love doo-wop. And, you know, I love, like, I think the satanic religion is a beautiful thing. It has a lot of, like, art and stuff like that. Um, we've actually been to the... Um, satanic Temple? Yes, up in Salem, and we... we like Nick and I actually sat there and talked to the guy for hours about Anton Lavey, huh? Anton no, Lavey, the guy that was that um was running the um, oh the gotcha. Night. But okay. we were to them about you know because we got to see the the Baphomet statue, the one that they're like moving around to like Arkansas and stuff like that. Um, that's in the the big court battles. I don't know if you know much about that. Oh, but oh we, yeah, yeah everything and you know they were explaining to us like what they're about you know they're not so much as much about like worshiping satan as about they self. are yeah about equality too yeah. or about rights and stuff you know and they they like to do the whole shock factor thing about like obtaining equal rights for other religions believe it or not um with the shock value kind of like oh well you're not going to let like this, the Jewish, whatever, do whatever they're trying to do here. Okay. So we're going to bring in our satanic stuff, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, oh, no, no, no. And they're like, 
and all of a sudden the Jewish situation doesn't the seem so bad. That's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? So that's like, so beautiful. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They they allow themselves and like how much they're hated. They use that for the good. For positive change. Yeah. Uh, you you could say they're doing God's work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're doing the devil's work. Yeah. yeah. But in, so I stumbled across this band one day that mixed Satanism with doo-wop called Twin Temple. Okay. And I fucking fell in love. My life changed. And I was cooking dinner and listening to them. And Nick comes home and he's like, what in the fuck are you listening to? And I was like, what's going to change your life is what I'm listening to. <laughs> he's like, okay, whatever. And he start, and I was like, you have to watch this video. And I'm like, watch this, watch this. And he fell in love too. And so we went and we, they like came to Atlanta and that was their first uh, time that they got to headline a show and bridge city centers opened for them. Oh shit. Yeah. And so we got to see them both and it was just like, Oh my God. It was, it was magical that, that night. That yeah. I mean, it well was, just, yeah, they, they both put on flawless. I mean, just, big energy big everything flawless performances and yeah it was it was incredible yeah that sounds amazing i'll have to check them out you said what were they called twin temple it's a and they run a satanic yeah they run a yeah yeah like they are like the legit shit like they're legit Satanists, like they're one hundred percent they practice what they preach kind of shit. Very yeah. Cool. Which yeah. is like, okay. I mean, I'm willing to listen. It's hysterical because like so many slaps against like just organized religion. Like I don't like organized religion at all, but like yeah, I same. like I'm very much like um I had a teacher tell me a long time ago and it stuck with me. It was like, it, it used to like, it was a class called Contemporary Issues. And basically all we did was read the newspaper. And he was like, so what do you think that means? And basically like, he would help you decipher the newspaper of what the bullshit they were telling you. And he was really good at it. And I was very, I've always been very much a conspiracy theorist. So... <laughs> I'm always like, dude, screw that shit. They're out to get us, blah, 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 blah. And like, he always loved what I would say about it. Always. every Everything I would always say about the conspiracies of this and that. And he was like, never trust anyone that can keep a secret from you. Mm. I'm like, okay. So that's everyone. He goes, you might think they're being nice when it comes to the government, but they're he's like, <laughs> trust. And then the one thing he said to me that like always got me, he goes, question everything. Yeah. And I have ever since. That's exactly right, man. It's, um, yeah, I'm just, my only real strong political belief um, is that I hate the government. 
I, I like they've never done anything for us. No. Um, and they everything they try, they fuck up. Like they're oh. completely ineffectual and also are our enemy. Um, oh yeah. Hold my like I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know what? I'll vote the moment a person who works 40 hours a week, paycheck to paycheck, is the person running. That's so dude, I love that. That's great. Like because yes. Right yeah. there, gonna know what we need. Not asshole that fucking makes a million dollars a second like sitting on his ass mm -hmm. gonna be the person who works their ass off and doesn't have anything to show for it my, my producer the, the guy who edits this show i would he's usually here i wish he was here because he he would love you guys um he's he's like hardcore anarchist which i'm not he's 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 uh he's converting me but uh <laughs> I'm I'm not quite there yet, uh, but something he he said to me very similar to what you're saying is like uh, any 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 president any sitting president we have should live in government housing because then that government housing will be fucking phenomenal. It'll be yes. <laughs> he talked yeah. about housing. It wouldn't be rat infested, roach infested, fucking nastiness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe accessibility to it wouldn't be nearly as hard. It actually blows my mind. Like, it actually is hard for me to understand that people are still doing this left-right game as if it's not two puppets of the same entity. It's yeah. like, how are people still falling for this? Like, yeah. Well, I said something to Tandy, and it was super funny. Have you ever seen the John Wick movies? Oh, I love them. I haven't okay. seen chapter four yet, but I've seen the first three. Well, like I told Tandy, I was like, you know, it's funny. She goes, what? I go, that's our government. There's <laughs> always an eye at the big table yeah. that we don't know who it is, but they run all of it. <laughs> that's, I think that's right, too, is um, as much as I hate the government, I think the more we dig into it, we're going to find out they're just following orders. Um mm -hmm. I think quite quite honestly, like this is real real tinfoil hat shit, but I don't I think it goes bigger than people, whether that be aliens uh, or uh whether that be inner extraterrestrial aliens or like interdimensional spirits, you know. I think point. it's it's some kind humanity's being interfered with. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're being we're being yes. played and manipulated into why like, we're a test subject. Yeah. We are a virus to the earth. Yeah. Bottom. We are what covid is doing to us like we're doing that to the earth. Yeah. I really like I'm very much like uh this is actually some this like falls in line with a lot of satanist concepts, but I'm very much like a uh I'm a humanist. Like I think people are good. Yeah. I think we, we live in a sick world that makes people sick and do bad things. But like and there's exceptions, don't get me wrong. But like yeah. people as a whole are good and they just want they don't want to hurt each other. So yeah. the fact that we have the problems we're having now, I'm like, that's not organic. That's not natural. No, those are those are manifested from something. Yeah. I'm glad I I'm I'm among uh, like minds here, so I don't sound crazy. Okay, gotcha. 
you no, don't no, sound no. crazy at all. No, I mean, because, I mean, as proof of that, you look at kind of like the way you grew up, you know, isolated away from things. Like, without the corruption of the outside world, you were allowed to live, um, like, sheltered, if you will. You Very know, like, yeah. or innocent, you know, you, you got to keep your innocence for longer. You know, same with, you know, I watch really bad TV. God damn. <laughs> like, really bad. And it, it's something that I can listen to at night and try it because I have like uh, clinical insomnia, mm. so, but I don't want to take meds for it yeah. um, because I'm already on so many other medications. It's terrifying. And so, um, so I try to like find things that I can like dumb out to and there's some show and I could not fucking tell you what it's called or even what app it's on. But it's this family and they live on a farm and they have like, I want to say like seven kids or something like that, but they are so cut off from the outside world. They don't have TV. They don't have, and you know, the kids, you know, the, the producers and everybody, the TV people asked them, you know, questions about it. And they were like, cause they're like, do you know who like Michael Jordan is, you know? Just people that everybody fucking knows who they are. And they're like, they're clueless, you know, and they are not affected by it. And they are so like that family is genuinely happy. And you can tell that it's not like produced for the TV show because you're working with like children, children, you know, and they are just so just like carefree and just, I mean, they're, they love each other. You know, like all these siblings get along flawlessly. They're best friends, you know, all this stuff. And I'm sitting there going like, you know, at first I'm sitting there going like, oh my God, that's disgusting. You know, and I'm like thinking these about these parents, not like disgusting like that, but just kind of like, like almost like cult minded, you know, yeah. in a way, you know, like what kind of warp shit are these fucking parents trying to do? But then I started like actually thinking about it because I, I'm the type of person where I put myself in every, I try to think about every single angle of things, put myself in their shoes and their shoes and their shoes. So I can understand the whole of the situation and mm. not just my initial fucking thought process on it. You know, so I oh, can yeah. try as open-minded as possible about everything that I, I can be. Um, so I started like overthinking about this and I was like, you know, that's actually fucking awesome because like they get to have what other people don't get to have and they're not corrupted and they're not fucking poisoned by fucking society and just all the bullshit that everybody thinks they need, you know, like, Oh my God, I can't live without this stuff. You know, I need it. I need it. No, you really fucking don't, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, Oh yeah. I agree I with you. Box. <laughs> I grew up I grew up near um like an Amish community and like a lot of them seem pretty happy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A lot of like Amish shows and stuff. And I know that it's kind of like counterproductive to watch it on TV. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like the TV well, we can learn we can learn still from that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it just seems kind of like intrusive, invasive that like the um, TV 
are going into their world, bringing the outside corruption into their innocence. Mm. But again, it's kind of cool because like we get to see, like what you just said, we get to learn from them or we get to sit back and be like, damn, that's pretty fucking like pretty primal and like simplistic and awesome. Well, I think part of the reason we have like depression and part of the reason things are hard for people right now is lack of purpose, like lack of meaning. And if you're just trying to make it, like, you know what your purpose is, like to provide and like, but like, there's a lot of people that are lost. Like they don't know what to do with their lives because we don't have to like go hunt and gather every day. So it can get difficult. Well, that, that leads me to this a point I was going to bring across. It's like a multi-point, a lot to do with the entire, like this entire conversation. So have you ever read the Unabomber Manifesto? (laughs) Ted Kaczynski. (laughs) I've read it. No, I haven't. I'm familiar with some of his, uh, he's like anarcho-prim. He's very, uh, yeah, I haven't read it though to answer your question. Maybe we'll do that on the book club or maybe not. We know it it is it's perfect yeah the the reason i say that is it's a multi-part on all of this you get into his head he writes down his entire manifesto of exactly what he thinks is wrong he is 100 percent right on everything we're in right now he foreshadowed it in 1980 He 100% said we are 100% going to be right where we are. And the problem, a lot of the reason of our depression and a lot of reason of our self-worth issues is because of machines. Mm. We have out thought ourselves in the aspect of making things easier by making machines do it. But what we've also hasn't, we haven't taken into accountability is for every machine that's two people's jobs that are lost. Yeah. So your worth right there, people are like, and, and this sounds messed up and I don't mean it like that. You have now made the ability for people to think about their self-worth. Mm. We were like when back in the 40s and 50s people it wasn't that the people weren't depressed people just didn't have time to think about that shit because they were making money for their family or there were like they were making money to go out and party they were doing this they had this process of things to do that kept their mind off of things you see what i'm saying kind of like what you were saying the hunt and gather thing yeah it's not really that you're hunting but you're doing something yeah because what is that saying that like all of our grandmothers used to tell us when we were idle young? Hands idle hands is the devil's, devil's playground. playground. Yeah. Yep. But like in a sense, that does make sense when they're saying it like that because when you are at idle, you are thinking crazy stuff. But like Ted Kaczynski, Ted Kaczynski even goes as far to talk about that in his manifestos that the bigger problem is that machines are going to take away our work and we are going to lose our sense 
responsibility of who we are as humans and become dependent on fabricated things that we cannot explain. Yeah, it's like how much more fucking true is that? And I I used to tell Tandy I'd be like, you know, I one hundred percent am like loving this book. Like I've yeah, read he it, would give I, me cliff notes. Like... I read it three times back to back. I loved it so much, nice. and literally. I told her, I was like, I just don't agree with what he did. And then I'd all sure. done with what I said. And I went, I take everything I just said back. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I don't know if I don't agree with it, but I'm second guessing that now. And she goes, what do you mean? I was like, people have been killing in the name of God mm. for thousands of years. And this man is killing people that are doing everything that's happening that I can physically say has happened. And he has 100% foreshadowed it. And he tried to take these people out. This is some straight ass Terminator shit. <laughs> I was like, this shit I can't even fucking process. I was like, this man went back in time or some shit. But like, no, it's a good read. And it's really disturbing how accurate he was. It's terrifying. I think we might have to do it on the book club now, and then I will definitely hit you up to come on and talk about oh. it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read it either, but like I said, Nick would give me cliff notes. Like, he would read something, he'd be like, oh my God, and he would tell me. And everything that he told me, I was just kind of like, damn. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Read it, and I'd be like, no, these are his words. And she was like, holy shit. Yeah. Did you watch the, like, because... You know, he was one of the only people that passed that crazy professor's test at Yale. Like, oh, really? that was mind control stuff. Like, he passed. He was one of two people. Oh, so I knew he was very intelligent. I didn't know, like, he was, like, a super genius. That's yeah, awesome. well, so there was a, a professor at Yale I, or Harvard or something that was, like, like, there's a documentary on Netflix about this, and they go really big into this. But, like, he, he had something to do with the CIA or the FBI. But, like, I mean, it was legit shit. Like, I mean, it was, like, complete mental breakdown of character. You completely lose all self-worth. You basically break down the brain to stop feeling emotions completely. Like, not, like... I don't feel anything like you legitimately don't feel anything. Mm. Yeah. And the other dude that passed killed himself like a year later. Damn. I know. Yeah. Like not only is it like a lack of meaning and purpose, but like everyone I know has knows how to use a cell phone, but I don't know anyone that knows how to make a cell phone. Right. Yeah. So it's like, we I like can't... to think we're so smart, but like, <laughs> like studying ancient text like like looking looking back on it it's like really to, there's people are very dismissive of like they're not as smart as we are today and it's like no the people that wrote that like the ancient rabbis that wrote the torah are on really? a level of intellect that i can't i literally don't even know if people wrote that i'm like that's that is divinely inspired or that's aliens like <laughs> i agree i Firmly agree, but yeah, I, I, God, we could go on that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You, um, 
Oh, I think I've, I've sorry, go ahead. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, um, we, we've been going for almost two hours, so uh, we could start wrapping it up, but I would love to have you guys back. This has been okay. such a great conversation. And um, like I said, like I think about this stuff like all the time, like me and my friends, this is what we do in our free time is we just talk about this kind of shit. So um, I would love to have you guys back um, either for the book club or just another, uh, maybe to promote uh, when you got new music coming out, we could, we could schedule something around that. Okay. Yes. That'll be awesome. <laughs> Tandy, Nick, thank you so much for being here. Check Nick. out Triangle Fire. Go to 40 Fest in Atlanta. Keep yes. up with what they got going on. And right now, as soon as you're done watching this video, go click the link below to listen to what they have out already. Um, you guys are great people. I've really enjoyed talking to you. We have had an amazing time. I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> that, that makes me happy. <laughs> and uh, Alice, we'll see you next week. Bye, Alice. Bye, Alice.